Hey there, and welcome to episode 16 of the Better With Running podcast. I'm Matt Davey, coach um, at Run to PB. And alongside me, as always, I've got Zaka Newman. Zaka, how are you going, mate? Good, mate. Yeah, great to be on air again with you, Matty. How is your Sunday going? Yeah, well, well, yeah, not, not too much you can actually actually do. But um, yeah, I just lit the fire because it's going to be a bit of a cold night, I think. And, um, and yeah, so other than that, not a heap of heap heap to uh to do because you can't really venture out and yeah check the sites um and don't want to really risk that sixteen hundred dollar fine right now um what about yourself yeah it's just for the for the listeners that are outside of maddie and i are both in uh lockdown or uh what is it corona corona 2.0 lockdown um yeah. <laughs> we're um yeah so yeah metro melbourne and well mornington peninsula for you is a class as metro melbourne which is controversial. yeah unfortunately we got lubbed into the uh metro even though every every other aspect of the mornington peninsula is not metro but we've yeah. um yeah we've been put into the, if we send a parcel we've got to go send it through the rural but uh no we're metro for for covid yeah and um but you're still able to do sessions with another person Yep. I uh, see so you lit up Strava on Friday with a bit of a um, jump on the track and punch something out. Yeah, yes. Yeah. So I um I had been I had been on the track for I reckon over six months and I decided that I I, I wanted to change things up. I'd, I felt like I'd um, done a fairly good block of aerobic work, so I wanted to um, add some spice and thought I'd stick with a tempo and then chuck on some four hundreds at the end and. Yes, yeah, I was actually really surprised with uh, how the speed was still there. Um, yeah, so I did 15-minute tempo, and then I um, I chucked the four percenters on for the um, track work, and yeah, hit some hit some uh, 66s towards the back end of the the yeah, six fours off a minute. So yeah, I was I was happy with that, and the hamstrings held together, and the calves aren't too sore. So um, yeah, all in all, it was um, a productive productive session that one so yeah no I think I'll get back on the track and it's sort of exciting me to maybe even hit a time trial on the track at some point in the next few weeks just the way those those um 400s came out felt quite relaxed and yeah that was good because a lot of your runs are uh, on trails or off road on the road or on paths and you haven't like you said haven't ventured on the track but it goes it shows you what you can do you know the speed you can get from just a lot of strength running and, and back to back because you know i know you've been really consistent over the last you know, couple of months really yeah exactly that's why i was surprised and i think i'd done like every couple of weeks i've tried to or i had um put some hill work into my session so whether it be um like a 10 minute tempo then six by one minute hills and another 10 minute tempo or doing hill six hills and then a 10 minute demo, then another six hills just every couple of weeks. And I feel like, yeah, it's a, such a good way to um, maintain and even build that speed um, in, a, in a safe way. And I think it felt, to me, it showed that I felt strong on the track, um, was able to hold my form. And, and 66s, yeah, felt, felt reasonably comfortable, a lot more comfortable than, um, than I thought they would. So, yeah, it's obviously working for me anyway. Yeah, and and on top of that, you got a good chance to do the uh, the flat lay on the track and that light and uh, show off the run to BB kit, the fractal hat, and uh, yeah, test out the new uh, GoPro that you got. I saw that picture come up, and I was like, "Geez, Matt, that's um, that's next level." And that's uh, yeah, it must have broken uh, broken Instagram that one. 
<laughs> I'm not sure about that, but you even put the Morton drink bottle in there too. That that had a bit of a feature. So I um yeah, I was yeah, decided to um decided to to take the deep dive and um purchase a GoPro and yeah, the quality of it is amazing. And yeah, I'm looking forward to to carrying it and looking like a bit of a, a bit of a tool maybe at times, but I'll, I'll cop it because um yeah, I'm really happy with um with the way that the footage is coming out. So yeah, uh, I guess watch this space, and I think we'll have yeah. a few few good features coming up. For sure. And, yeah, um, you sent me over that little sneak peek of uh, Gemma doing some strides and uh, getting a bit of airtime as well. So um yeah, it's really cool. Yeah, that's right. Yep, and then and then Alex doing some. Uh, Alex Davis doing some some hill reps as well. So yeah, we'll um yeah continue to to progress that and and watch out on on our YouTube channel for sure. Looking forward to it, mate. Now, Zachary, yesterday you banged out a, a bit of a tempo and got rolling again after that that little bit of layoff with your calf. And Frankie, your training partner, was able to um you were able to con him into capturing some of the footage for for our run to PB Media. Yeah, Frankie, uh, as, as a previous guest, he's of uh, great value and uh, yeah, he's, he's in really good nick. And I went along and uh, yeah, obviously the, um, the two-person rule at the moment for us. So um, I, I do a lot of training with Frankie. Uh, I have over the past few years. And yeah, again, we'll, we'll kind of go back into a bit of a, a bit of training camp over the next six weeks and uh, keep each other accountable. And yeah, Frankie, he's, I mean, you know how smooth he is on the mic. He's previously done a bit of work as a commentator in the tennis and, and snooker that he that he tends to remind me about nearly every run but um yeah he, he took over that took the reins and uh, got the keys to um to my phone and gave me a bit of an interview it caught me off kind of caught me off guard a little bit when he said uh, yeah, i'll throw a mic on this and uh interview you post tempo so yeah um you can probably hear me still in the hurt locker as we uh, as we warm down but it was a good fun chat yeah, it's awesome. Let's let's have a listen to it. Okay, here with Zach and Newman, co-founder of Onto PB. We've just done a session together. I did a 26-minute tempo 8K. Zach was there. Zach, how'd you find it, man? Yeah, look, it was it was tough early on. I was just saying to you, Frankie, that this tempo sometimes it takes a little while to get going. I was a little bit on the ropes earlier, uh, yeah, for 10 minutes in. I actually planned to do 20 and then decided to cut it to 16 because of the first session in a while. So the goal was just to get through this unscathed, especially coming into this little forced lockdown. Um, yeah, I'm really happy with it. I was looking back at the splits before Frankie and we ended up running the 320s early and then worked our way down. There was a 308 in there at the end and didn't feel like we were on the limit. Um, but good just to get rolling again with you. 100% mate, and something you just said to me was you had it in your head, you could have done a bit more today, but a little bit of experience, something just told you to stop at 16. What was what were you thinking at that point? Yeah, I think just sometimes I've learned over the years it's a bit of risk management and it's making the decision on the spot, on the fly and, and making a calculated call to maybe just get through the session in, in one piece and just go too close to the line. It's selective, I don't do it a lot and I'm really mindful not to get into a habit of cutting sessions but I think today I'm, uh, I'm really happy with the decision I made. For sure and 
obviously you had a slight issue with your calf last couple of weeks how have you been managing that and filtering the sessions back in how have you strategized that one yeah like this, this little niggle that came on and was able to uh, i guess manage it by taking a few days off getting on the roller getting back to some activations that i probably have let slide and then to then just slowly layer in progression run last week or this week and yeah just work slowly back into sessions there's no rush i mean right now there's no races so it's uh i'd rather be in one one piece and able to put in a good block than try and bury myself over one or two sessions absolutely mate and a final word on the next six weeks we got coming up obviously a lockdown how are you going to approach your running and what's it going to do for you in this time yeah look so uh, corona refused training camp 2.0 uh, i'll uh, <laughs> just get out there and just utilize the time to really dial in on maybe some of those weaknesses like a little bit of strength work um, and yeah two sessions a week but again not not go to the well every day and uh yeah really be grateful and enjoy getting out there again doing the doing the uh, doing the case absolutely man and any fun ideas you've got coming up with the podcast that you can let the viewers in on yeah look we'll just keep, keep getting different and new people to like, share their story we've got a new coach chris Armstrong that's come on board and a few more coaches that will announce and we'll bring them on for an interview and just people in the community and it's great seeing the under pb athletes just go from strength to strength and trying to shine a light on those guys and girls who are just doing some amazing stuff out there there's that sense of community and i can really feel it so i'm just seeing other people encourage each other online and going Strava and all the rest of it so just keep building that community awesome great stuff zach doing a tremendous job with it mate all right brother he's see you for the next session <laughs> Yeah, some great chat, great chat there, Zaka, um, between you and Frankie. And um, it's really, I guess, raw and like right in the moment, you, you get to really um, take a deep dive into the into the insights and it, it's fresh on the mind. And um, yeah, I think that was a, a great little in, interview that you had there with Frankie. And Frankie, like you said, is, is a great commentator. He's great behind the mic. I think we might have to, uh, might have to see if he's available for a few more of these. Yeah, I think after this lockdown, I'll start sending him around uh, around the grounds and get a few <laughs> few roaming Frankies going uh, around your sessions to see see how you're going to post tempo, mate. Oh uh, yeah, yeah. Well, you could. I really um, if people saw the video, those strides you were doing, uh, I think you're wearing the endorphins, mate. You speaking of speed, you've you've still held on to a bit of yours. <laughs> Oh, that was when I, I sped it up the two times on the, uh, the, <laughs> the video feature. But yeah, I'll take it. Yeah, for sure. But um, I it was in slow-mo. You were going that quick. <laughs> another guy, uh, another, and I had to, I, as you know, I love um, getting on these interviews. And another one we had this week and features a new coach is um, Chris, Chris Armstrong. Run to BV coach who you know, based up in Shepparton, and yeah, he's got a great story. And uh, and you you'd yet to have a listen to this as yet, mattress. 
but mm. there's some really interesting stuff that uh, Chris covers. You know, such a passionate runner, a coach of eight plus years, a real local community guy. He's done so much for the, the Shepherds Running Club up there and the park run. And I mean, you, you yourself and Brady really share the excitement um, getting Chris on board to, to come and work with us at um, Run to PB. Yeah, it's exciting having him on board and, and really looking forward to his interview. And um, yeah, just listening to his insights um, around that, how he's built up that uh, network up in Shepparton and, and hear how he's going and around the community and yeah, pulling people together. Because um, I've seen on the, on the socials how, um, how he's able to do that. So yeah, listen, looking forward to, to this interview and yeah, it's great having him on board. So uh, yeah, let, let's cut to it. Chris Armstrong, welcome to the Better With Running podcast. Zaka, thanks for having me. It's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, good to um, take some time this over on a Wednesday and, um, and have a bit of a chat. I, um, and, and obviously some pretty crazy times down here. I'm, I'm in Metro Melbourne, so we're in uh, a lockdown as of tonight. Um, you're in Shepparton. How's it yeah. down your way? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it kind of feels like business as usual. Um, it shouldn't, but it, it does. I mean, I've just come back in from going for a walk outside and, you know, there's people out in their garden and houses getting built and, you know, there's plenty of traffic around and, yeah, like even just going down to the shops and, you know, buying a few groceries, like still plenty of people out. Um, doesn't quite feel like the apocalypse is on us yet. There's, I mean, I can even get toilet paper. Yeah, well, you're lucky. So, um, <laughs> Yeah, but no, it's, um, we're in the scheme of things, we're pretty blessed, you know, being sort of country, northern Victoria, um, we're not as heavily affected by the lockdown as you guys are, but uh, I mean, who knows, we could be having a different conversation by the weekend, it changes so quickly at the moment. Yeah, it does, and um, I mean, I'm just now about to go into that sort of, six, my personally about to go back into that six weeks of, you know, solo, I think you can run with one other person, so... Yeah. partner sort of running and then you're um you obviously been through those times and we'll, we'll talk about your involvement with some um some groups that you're uh, you know in shepherd and the shopping running club but um i just want to probably reflect on how you navigated that time uh you know back in march when when it was in force and obviously with groups you run with and how did you find that um that sort of time personally getting through through the lockdown or the restrictions yeah um it's challenging that's for sure um at the start of the year we had a bit of a laugh we thought well our biggest problem this year is going to be air quality because yeah. we had just a couple of training sessions in january because of the mm. bushfire smoke and we got through that and thought oh god well we got through that this year is going to be great <laughs> we thought that was the worst of it and then uh, <laughs> Yeah, look what happened. Uh, here we are. Nice. So we, um, with, I suppose, as far as the, the running club went, we were like, oh, no, because we know how important running is for our mental health. I thought, mm. oh, God, we still want to, whilst we can't see each other really and train together, we still want to have that engagement. So um, we built a members-only group uh, on Facebook and we would put our workout of the week in there and really just encourage that engagement within the member 
membership group that, hey, tell us about how your session went, um, post it up there. And, you know, we had a few, created some competitions. So we wanted people to create their own running event um, and, you know, whether they were serious or taking the piss of it. Um, mm. Yeah, we certainly, we had um, about a dozen entries of that. Uh, and my guy photoshopping some dinosaurs and into some <laughs> selfies and yeah, pretend that he did a 5k fun run around Jurassic Park. So, um, <laughs> nice. you know, stuff like that, just to yeah. try and put smiles on people's faces. Because um, sure. probably the, the highlight of our training was just getting together and people having a bit of banter in the warm up and the cool down. Mm. The actual session or run that we'd go on was secondary to all that. So, um but yeah just that and whilst we were restricted to running just with the one person just trying to make that effort that if if it was feasible just to try and get out and see a couple of people um during the week and yeah we sort of got through that and i guess we're, we're still in the stage now we're up here because i guess we're a community organized sporting group we can train in groups of up to 20 Okay. for the time being so mm. probably the last five or six weeks we've just been doing that um and we've sort of split it up into three little hubs so on a normal night for when we're doing an interval session we get 50 to 60 people come along so yeah. we've just split that up into three different groups and a couple of different starting times in different locations and yeah it's just given people the outlet to still see some of their mates and, and do what they love Definitely. And I think um, as I sort of reflect back now that like when these restrictions got initially lifted off and it was like that opportunity to go and run with more people, go on the Sunday run again, it was like, you know, that was it to me, it was just like that, that highlight. And it was like, you, you kind of don't appreciate things until they're gone. And now we're kind of, yeah. And I know this is only six weeks down here in Melbourne, but like I'm sure yeah. when you were able to get those group runs going again, it must have been exciting to get everyone back in the banter and the warm up. Oh, just, just the way, so yeah. yeah, yeah, and I can so tell. Good. Mm. Just get out for you know a long run on a Sunday and just talk absolute rubbish for ninety <laughs> minutes, two hours, or you know pop down to the track and go and do a session and you know have a hit out and then just sort of hang around and and chat to one another. Yeah, Whereas, um, I know when we were restricted to one, so we'd normally. I mean, it's a, we're all creatures of habit and we yeah. all of a sudden find ourselves down at the lake here in Shep at yeah. sort of seven thirty, eight o'clock and mm. all trying to do our own sessions. And then like, you feel really rude because you see your yeah. mate going the other way and you're like, Oh, I can't talk to you. I can't hang yeah. around. And just sort of, it was real awkward. Yeah. But, I had a few um, of those experiences. Even I, I run at a tan in Melbourne a lot during the, yeah. during the restrictions and I was just doing solo and then I'd see, or be, you know, you'd see two other mates you'd always run with and then you're like well i can't actually we can't do anything here like it's that real <laughs> thing it's like I, i'm not yeah uh, anyway we will get through it down here in melbourne and, and hopefully the rest of the country um we just keep doing what we can to to keep going forward yeah but, that's um, it yeah i mentioned in the in the intro your some of your running results i just wanted to talk a little bit more um about those individually as a we're going to talk about your coaching journey and, and a lot of the things you've done with the Shepparton Running Club yeah. that uh, Shep Runners Club that you've uh, we just sort of touched on there but talk about your own running um, how many years have you actually been running now for? Oh um, <laughs> I don't know I'm, realistically I mean, I'm 
started to develop a love for it in primary school, probably in about sort of year three, I reckon, because my earliest memories are of doing a school cross country and thinking, oh, this is all right. Um, I don't know, I'm just through playing footy at school and running around and, you know, some older kids go, oh, yeah, this is how you do it. I'm like, oh, yeah, all right, whatever. <laughs> you, just, you just go for a run and, um, you know, it was just, oh, cool. And, you know, happened to have, I guess, a little bit of talent. But, um, yeah. yeah, it was just probably, um, yeah, through primary and high school, just doing a bit of cross country. Um, and then I think I, I just, I used to get really anxious when I'd run. Um, so I think I just found playing footy and cricket just a bit easier mentally. And yeah. that was what all my mates were doing as well. So I guess running really got pushed to the side for quite a while. But, um, yeah, that was probably where I developed a, a taste for it, I reckon. So even through high school, it was more focused on cricket and footy? Yeah, I, I went to high school in Finlay. Um, wow. Finlay's a tiny little town in southern New South Wales in the Riverina there, yeah. you know, population of about 2,000. And, you know, this is growing up in the days where we used to tease the kids that had mobile phones. Um, as opposed to the ones that didn't have them so you know there was virtually there was no social media there was no instagram tiktok you know none of this sort of stuff (laughs) that the cool kids are doing now yeah it was you know if if you're at school and then you played sport or you're at work and then you played sport Mm. and you know i remember finishing school and you know starting my first job and I reckon that summer I was playing mixed netball, touch footy, indoor cricket, indoor soccer, yeah. pre-season footy training and, you know, trying to fit two or three games of cricket in as well. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, but that, that's just what you did because all your mates were doing it. Mm. Uh, whereas now you just, I don't know, I'll flat out. <laughs> I'm just fitting my running in and going to work. So, um, I mean, it's yeah, funny, I know, sorry to cut you off, but it's funny to mention that just even... Um, I just think back that school days and I'm, um, you know, I'm nearly 40 next year, but uh, the yeah, age yeah. when we were growing up, it was, you actually you don't even see it now when you drive around. We used to play street cricket, we used to have backyard cricket. You don't actually see any yeah. out in the street playing sport like kids. Like, I don't know what, it, like, I, I know what it is. It's, you know, devices and, and everything else. But yeah, it's just, it's funny that, uh, not funny it's not great what's happened really to be honest it's the way that we are growing up now well that's it you know we, we made life decisions based on do i reckon i can fit one more ball in before yeah. the car comes in our street yeah, yeah. <laughs> Where no, no, now you're probably more likely to play cricket against some guy on the other side of the country <laughs> online you know play play a bit of cricket 19 or something like that so yeah um, uh, yeah it's just it's strange how things have, have changed but um yeah, and I, I miss those days. And I think that's why I still love running because you're still communicating with people and it's, mm. you know, you're there, people doing stuff and putting a smile on your face. So, And so through high school, you ended up then, um, I just want to sort of pick apart where you really got into running in terms of a serious well, we'll get yeah. serious as to starting to enter events or, you know, getting involved with your running, running clubs and things like that. So was that in the twenties or a bit later? Yeah. Um, I reckon I had a gap of about five or so years. Mm-hmm. So from when I finished year 12 and this was, I think in 2000 
it was probably about five years before I actually did my first fun run. So we, <laughs> we were lucky in a sense that with footy, whilst I loved it, we were awful. Um, okay. you know, we, for most years I played at Finlay, we went through a period where we didn't win many games. So finals wasn't really a concern. Yeah. And um, we, the Shepparton fun run was always late August and that's usually when finals would kick off. So you guys were ready to go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I could, I could squeeze in a fun run there. But um, I think my first fun run experience was the 10K Olympic Dream fun run down in Melbourne. Oh, yeah, really nice. yeah, I, I ended a couple of those back in the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, you know, I, I didn't have a license or anything like that. So I'd get down with one of my mates and we'd stay with his family in Melbourne and, um, yeah, just go out and um, run 10K like a typical footballer, just yeah. be absolutely gassed after a couple of K, <laughs> um, like it was a 3K time trial and then struggle yeah. for the, the next five or so K and then bring it home pretty strong. So, um, yeah, I've still, I think I've got my Dawn Fraser medal um, oh, that yeah. I hang on to. Um, that was my, fir- my first running medal that I got, oh, wow. which I was pretty proud of, so... Um, yeah, but, um, yeah. So it was just something really to fill in that gap between footy and cricket season. Yeah, and did you? Was there something that lit the fire down the track? Was there a certain race yeah. or event or something that got you kind of hooked? Um. Oh. Or was it the overall? It's probably of- more. It was probably more a moment. Um, right, like we we would run flat out. Um, in summer for off season for footy and yeah. uh, I had a one of my real, real close friends Nathan um, he was a couple of years younger than me but we would just day in day out we'd go and do our running together and he would go to the gym and he actually got muscles and they, I couldn't think of anything worse I didn't want to go to the gym so mm-hmm. he did all that but all that, all our running we did together, and we're like, oh man, we've got to do a marathon one day. We've got to do a marathon one day, and yeah. like, yep, yep, yeah, we're definitely going to do that. Um, and then, like, we played all our junior footy together, and um, like, all my senior footy at Finley was with Nathan. And then, um, about two thousand and nine, I moved away to New Merca, um, going through a bit like where we wanted to buy a house and. Um, you know, some couple of new adventures on the horizon with my wife Nora, and so we decided to move to New Merca, and that was the end of um, footy at Finley. And about the same time, Nathan moved away as well. Uh, he uh, went up sort of towards Queensland and then settled in and around Newcastle. And yeah, we lost contact a little bit, but still chatted enough. But like, yeah, yeah, no, marathon, yep, oh, we'll do it next year. Yeah, and um, <laughs> yeah, and then. Um, Sadly, um, sadly, in 2010, Nathan committed suicide, which um, really knocked me around a little bit. And I, I would have been, oh, 2010, 26, 26, 27 mm. at the time and hadn't really had any exposure to the, are you okay? Or, you know, like, oh, Jeez, I thought I might upset me, mate, if I say, oh, you know, what's going on? You're not yourself. Like, it's just... And that that's... environment, I guess, you're growing, you know, growing up in the, in the footy club and around, you know, yeah. maybe a bit isolated, but it's just the she'll be right sort of attitude. 
yeah. Or you yeah. sort of like, oh, no, nah, my, my mate's tough and he's strong and, mm. you know, I want to seem like a wuss asking him if he's okay. That's, that's silly. But, mm. you know, in hindsight, it's completely stupid. Um, yeah. And I potentially, you know, I, I, <laughs> I often think maybe I could have made a difference. Mm. Um, you know, and I think, you know, whilst that, that wasn't the culture um, at the time, that, did, that doesn't matter. Um, you know, we, we could all reach out to our mates and maybe you'd still be here. And, mm. you know, we'd probably still be putting off that marathon. <laughs> yeah. Um, just losing Nathan really hit home that, mm. shit, if you want to do something, don't muck around. Don't put yeah. it off. No, like, just go and do it. Um, and, you know, there was a few other takeaways as well. But, yeah. um, but it's a real, I mean, I'm brave that you brought that up because it's not an easy subject to talk about, but it's something that's getting more people are talking about it, and that, which is great. You yeah. have the courage to talk about it because, you know, there's, there is lots of resources out there to help, but like, you know, with your, like your headspaces and your, your Beyond Blue and, and oh, yeah, a number absolutely. of them. But also just your mate, yeah, it is just checking on your mates and you just don't know what people are going through until you ask the question and, um, you know, and that, like you touched on, um, yeah, I guess, mate, it was, so that was sort of the catalyst to at least um, look forward and maybe do a marathon um, off the back of that, you know. To yeah. Because it sounds like it, obviously, it hit you really hard and you're going through some stuff as well. Yeah, it was definitely... It certainly it reached into the soul and gave it a good shake. That's for sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, I thought, oh god, you know, I love I love running, and you know, sort of getting to the age, I haven't done anything really about it. If I'm being honest, mm. I thought, right, that's and that they ended up being my last year of footy. Yeah. Um, I started to fall a bit out of love with footy as well, and thought, no, I'm young enough to. I guess commit now. Let's go and find out how well I can do this thing. And mm. um, <laughs> lo and behold, went and ran. The, ended up running the Melbourne Marathon in 2010. Um, yeah. And I look back at how I did it and think, oh my god, <laughs> uh, that was a that was an experience. Like I just um, found an online running program. I'm sure it was a runner's world one. Yeah, yeah. And I did the whole, my, all my training I did on the treadmill and <laughs> I do my Sunday long runs on the treadmill and I had a little table set up with plastic cups filled with Gatorade. Yeah. <laughs> Nora would just absolutely lose her mind because I'd, you know, I'd never really had any practice. And I'm like, oh, I've got to practice being able to drink and run at the same time and <laughs> spill Gatorade all over the deck of the treadmill and it got all over the walls and it was... <laughs> Oh mate, it was a, yeah. it was a it was really bad. But um, you know, and, and I'm just wearing out the same parts of my legs without actually getting out on the road because I'd lived in New America for you know 18 months and I still had no idea to navigate my way around a town that had only four and a half thousand people. So mm. <laughs> yeah, so the treadmill was like my my safe place. But um, yeah. but I suppose in that yeah. year, given what you'd gone through, just in the context of just completing the marathon um yeah that must have been just yeah must have meant a lot to you as well i guess oh yeah i was very emotional one of my one of my friends made me a little um sort of like a little fabric bracelet Mm. and um 
yeah, it was sort of wore that. And that was like my reminder for Nathan. And you know, I knew at some point that in the marathon that it was going to hurt and it was going to hurt real bad. But yeah, um, just knowing that I was doing something that we both would have loved to have done it really just steeled the focus to go no no we've got this it's okay and it it did get really hard there towards the end but um yeah got to the finish and had a bit of a cry and Mm. (laughs) um yeah it was it was just surreal I, i sat down um for about 20 minutes and um it was yeah that year like Oh, someone's just handed me a can of tuna and beans and it was like the greatest meal I'd ever had. I was <laughs> so hungry and Rob yeah. Rassi um, walked past and he could see that I was crying and he's like, oh, you okay? And I said something stupid about, oh, I've got something to eat, I'm fine. <laughs> I was really embarrassed. But um, yeah. yeah, it was just all, um, it all sort of hit home and yeah, just kind of pretty much run or tried to run consistently for the most part ever since. Yeah, and I think it's um, yeah, running in mental health. It's um, I think for a lot of people, and um, it it is a big part of their lives that keeps them out of some you know in some tough situations, some tough periods, and and even harping back to that running club and that community, and just being able to connect and run with other people, and have bond, you know have that bond and friendship, and have people have your back, I guess, and that look out for you. I think, yeah. Um, yeah, running the running community is great for that. Oh, it's and it's something that I've really only probably got my head around in the last four or five years. Um, growing up playing team sport and playing in various rep teams and mm. being exposed to different cultures, um, you know, some, some of them are really good, others are really bad. But there's always an element I've found in team sports of that nature that um, oh, he's got my spot or, you know, mm. I, I really aspire to, you know, be, you know, get more time on the ground or yeah. bat position or, you know, he gets the ball more overs than me because of this. And whilst mm. that's not the dominating factor, you know, there's, there's always just tiny little splinters of that I've found. Yeah. Whereas in running, the thing I, absolutely love about it is that whether you're running a 50 minute 5k or a 15 minute 5k if you run a pb or you've tried your best and given everything out there during a race we've all experienced the same amount of hurt and there's that respect that hey i know you tried your best and i absolutely admire that and there's that natural you walk up to people and go oh how did you go tell me about it and you can have the same experience there's no one going oh you're only better than me because your watch is better than that mine or you know there's none of that like it's just it's there's a lot more mutual respect and admiration for one another and um, it doesn't sort of matter your ability um, you know it's just something that we can all relate to and enjoy definitely yeah no, no i think a thing you'd, and that you sort of touched on that i haven't really thought of before is that that whole with cricket, like you mentioned, it's like whether you, you know best the best bowler gets the most overs or you get picked. But like everyone gets a chance to get on the field in running. Like it doesn't matter. Yeah. So you 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 all get a start. You all get to go and you, you can line up and it, you're doing your best. You do, you're training relatively to your 
your best and what you're able to do. And, you know, you get to line up again, you know, on the same field as a Kipchoge. You know, if you go to Berlin, you're in the same, you're on the same field. Like, yeah, you know, that's it. It, you're it literally doesn't... running the, the same course. And whilst yeah. he might feel like he's in on a different planet to the rest mm. of it, yeah. in terms of ability, we're both going to cross that same finish line. Um, yeah. We're both, I mean, if he keeps his finisher medal, I don't know, but we're both going to get yeah. the same finisher medal. And at the end of the day, we're both just trying to stop the clock as quickly as we can. And that's what I love about it. You know, yeah. there's no... Um, well, you know, to me, there's no elitist. Um, I'm better than you because I can run faster. Like it's just totally. Hey, we're out there for the same same reasons and absolutely just trying our best. So yeah, I think runners. Um, yeah, we're, we're on the whole a pretty pretty good breed that we don't do that to other people. I I, I don't know many runners that sort of look at another one and go, "Oh, I've run." five minutes faster than me. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna talk to you. I'm not gonna like I think that that mentality is um yeah we're all kind of one. I think that's that's a yeah, thing about it's like, the sport. It's like there's an unofficial no idiots policy. Yeah. And that <laughs> if there is someone who comes along with a bit of an ego, it generally gets stamped out real quick or they go, Oh hang on, I don't think I fit in here. <laughs> mm. <laughs> they go back to, you know, what they were doing. So Look, um, I think I don't think you can have an ego in this sport because it oh, is no. just you can get knocked down very quickly. You can run a oh. you know, X time and then you can be you can be injured and you're back on a walk run program in in ten eight weeks time oh. and you're just you know, so I think it's yeah, really important to note that, like that you don't get ahead of yourself that you think you're better than I don't I don't know, I don't profess to think that a lot of people do, but it yeah, it is a grounding sport as well, I think. Oh well that's it. I mean anyone that um, I guess they, you know, if they do <laughs> come along with a bit of an ego, um, you know, I suppose it's pretty easy to point out, hey, there's a guy from Kenya who runs 250 a kilometre for 42. Yeah. Um, you know, just give that, a, give that a try for 1K. Let me know how you go. Um, <laughs> go back to me. Yeah. And yeah, exactly. like, oh, geez, wow, that's incredible. Like, yeah, so we're all just human. <laughs> mm. But over the journey of your running, I mean, we all do want to get the best out of ourselves and you have yeah. got some you've you've been able to um over over the course of your running journey launch at a few pbs and i'll, I'll run through yeah. a couple of them your 5k 1634 10k 35:46. over the half i think that was at correct me if i'm wrong up at the gold coast uh yep. an hour 16:50, and yep. your marathon pb now is down at two uh two hours 48 so yeah. yeah, from back in what was it, twenty ten, you ran that marathon. Was that was that your debut marathon? Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah, first marathon, Melbourne, and actually it didn't turn out too bad. I ran three oh three oh nine, pretty much. Okay, um, which for a first goal I was pretty chuffed with, but um, that soon moved on to oh, I've got to go sub three now. So yeah. <laughs> um, that that became the the big goal, and then. Um, yeah, sort of battled away for a few years and just wanted to go under 250. And yeah, it's fortunate in 2017 to, to tick that off the list as well. So with that, uh, what would you rate as your most significant, or I guess what means the most? You know, it doesn't actually have to be the, the best time on the paper relative to you, your other times. Maybe, yeah, yeah I don't um, know. What, what does it actually, what one sticks out for you? Uh, I tell you, they're kind of all a bit special i'm probably probably the 
best race I reckon I've put together was my Gold Coast half um, to go under 117. Because I'd sort of sneakily asked if I could get one of those preferred starts. And I go, no, no, you've got to run sub 117. I'm like, oh, I'll show you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, there was a bit of fire that day to do that. And I was, um, I was pretty excited to just sneak under it by 10 seconds. Awesome. Um, but the marathon, so I did, like, had just started to develop a little bit of um, hamstring tendonitis um, mm. coming into that marathon. And the year before was in pretty good shape leading up, but just picked up a bit of a, a calf niggle about four or five weeks out, um, which meant I couldn't race. And like, oh, damn, I already missed one year. Mm. And you know, sort of put, you know, the focus of that year was going sub 250 at the marathon so it sort of felt like I'd put in the best part of two years of really good strong quality work and um, just to realize it and finally get that goal it was so satisfying I mean I said not so much the time because if you look at the time by itself I mean relative to you know the rest of the world it's nothing special I mean it's it's just a number really at the end of it, but I was just really proud of the work that went into it. Yeah. And, um, on the day when it mattered, cause you really only get one shot at a marathon. It's not like mm. park run. You no. Don't have a good day. You can come back next week and have a crack. Um, so, you know, I, I put a little bit of pressure on myself to run well and, um, you know, I got, got a lot of help from Brady with my race plan and okay, yeah. followed, that, followed that to a T and, um, you know, I saw him a few times on course and he was pumping me up and <laughs> yeah, just sort of brought it home real strong and was able to achieve something that I'd thought about for a long time. So that was pretty cool. And probably one that, um, this was, I don't know, it might sound a bit silly, but for a while now I'd been thinking that, oh geez, I'd really love to run sub five for a mile. Okay. Uh, because we, you know, when you, how often do you race a mile? Like, yeah. Not, not a lot. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so... Um, you know, one of the things we've introduced at Shep Runners Club was, you know, let's do some track stuff because it's mm. too hot to really do five and 10K handicaps um, in summer. So uh, I thought, no, let's, let's introduce people to the mile. So um, it took me a few goes, but finally, um, when I think it was February this year, I knocked over a 454 for the mile and I was pretty, pretty excited about that. Yeah. Um, Gave it the old double fist pump and laid down on the track <laughs> afterwards because I was yeah. absolutely cooked. But um, that was um, that was pretty special to me as well. So um, yeah, and it's, and it's good yeah. when you test yourself over a different distance or something's a bit outside of your comfort zone and, and set the goal and, and pull it off. So yeah, that's it's always exciting when you can do that. Yeah. So no, that's it. I mean, you just sort of have a bit of fun with it and. Um, yeah, you sort of think, well, maybe that's one I can sort of chip away at for a little while, knowing that if I, you know, much like Parkrun, if it doesn't go well, we can come back in a month's time and have another go. So. Yeah. But even back, yeah. I mean, and, and to pick you up on something where you, you mentioned about the 248, you know, it's not that, you know, it's just a time. Like, it, it when you say it's just time, but it, it's, you know, the work you've put in to get there. And I think that's the thing about personal. It's like people don't see what, goes on behind the scenes and how much it means when you actually pull it off and you yeah i don't know and and like i i always think like you know you, you might run a marathon you run a time and then you're gonna go oh such and such runs this time faster but there, 
that you're always going to find someone that's faster, you know, and if you, oh, yeah. that, that comparison, I don't think you do it, but I know other runners out there that are always beat themselves up and go, well, this person can run faster, but it doesn't really matter because it's what you've done. And, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's what you've that's done with it. the time available and how you've approached the program. That's, that's the, where the achievement is, I think. Oh, hundred percent. I mean, um, we've all got our own goals and, you know, I always, I think probably when I first started running, you know, and I was very naive and, you know, we all start from somewhere and you only know what you know, but mm. I was probably early days, very much that person that, Hey, look what I did. Look at how good I'm going. And, mm. um, but yeah, certainly got some perspective early on, which I was very grateful for, but, um, what the, the time it's, it is literally, it's just a number that I happen to stop the clock in, but yeah. um, as you mentioned, yeah, like the, the work that goes in and the, those cold mornings in the mm. winter, those hot days in summer and those runs that just got awful and don't go to plan and you have those little setbacks with injuries and, yeah. um, you know, when you can put, look at something and go, yeah, it all clicked and, mm. you know, I really gave my absolute best effort on the race and couldn't have asked for anything more. Like it's not like a, a game of footy where you get 18 consecutive weeks of, of efforts and go, oh, maybe I'll have a better game next week. You know, yeah. a marathon, you might run one, one a year, two a year, or, you know, depending on your body, it might be once every two or three years. So um, to grasp that opportunity and, and really nail it. Um, yeah. Just super, super proud that you could get it done. Yeah, and like, you know, and your own running, and, and I think you know, we've just sort of gone through some of the, and we've, we've, break, we've sort of glazed over it because I know just chatting to Brady off air that he, you, know, <laughs> you don't like pumping your own tyres up um, at all. You know, you're very, keep, keep your head down and just get things done. But there's a lot of things that you do in the community uh, and, you know, this from you know working at the park run at Shepparton to actually we've talked about your involvement in the rec running space with, with the Shepparton's running runners club. Yeah. I mean, I, I asked Brady just a few words about your involvement. I'm not going to attempt his um his whatever his jockey sort of accent is, but he, he said um <laughs> he said he is the guy holding the stopwatch for the Shepparton runners club during the during their training sessions on cold wet and dark nights at 6 p.m after he spent the early hours of the morning getting his own training done after a big day at work he always puts others first and look from the, the encounters i've had with you personally and it has only been brief and a lot online now because we're obviously doing some work together but i can even recall this time last year we were up at the gold coast and um met you up there. yeah <laughs> we were setting up for the um the inside running podcast live show and you were, again, you were there early and you, you said, hey, mate, can I give you a hand? And we were setting up the tables and chairs and you were, again, you were just, you know, drop, put, put everything down. You'd, you'd run in the morning and you, you gave us a hand. And I think that seems to shine through in, in all these things you're doing outside in the, in the running community. Yeah, I just, um, I guess I'm really grateful for the things that people have done for me and, I've gotten a lot of perspective on that and that, um, you know, there's, there's only so many things you can do to, to help people. But, you know, if you can give some time to, 
whether it's to put a smile on someone's face or make their life a little bit easier, I reckon that's a really valuable thing and it's, it's free. Um, mm. And it's, it's probably, you know, it's not necessary. You never do something to try and get something in return, but I just think it's a nice thing to be able to do to say thank you. And I think, you know, that thank you, it, you know, in this, in that case, it was, you know, just, you know, to try and give Brady and yourself a hand. Cause I know that he'd been up there since Thursday and he hadn't stopped. Um, yeah. you know, pretty much the biggest break he'd given himself was to go and run 10 Ks. And that was, to, you know, it's a race on the Saturday and that was probably the only time where he wasn't actually doing something, um, for someone else and you know in saying that he could probably classify that he was because that was going to be content for the podcast so um but yeah i mean there's just so many things that we can do to help and whether that's pacing a mate or you know whacking some chairs out or even just saying hey thanks for what you do i really appreciate it i reckon that's really powerful yeah yeah no, that's that's really Really, I mean, a great attitude. I think more people will, you know, definitely um, take your, take on that sort of almost advice, but just, yeah, follow, follow in your footsteps. I mean, I want to just go into the Shepherd and Runners Club. So sure. that you're the head or you're, you're the coach there, which um, yep. you've also like that. Tell me about when that was actually born or how, how was that created? Because you were involved on a committee as well there. Like, yeah. Talk um, through that. Yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting one. So the club itself, we actually celebrated our 40th anniversary last year. Um, you know, whilst we could go out and celebrate things as a group, yeah. um, we had a, we had a, a dinner. Um, Steve Monaghetti come along and we all got dressed up and, you know, we looked at you know, photos from over the years and stories were told and, you know, got to meet some of the original members, which was awesome. awesome. But um, my involvement, say only, dates back to, I guess it began communicating with the club in late 2016. Um, They were going through, you know, a pretty difficult phase. Um, They just finished up with a coach. Um who was super knowledgeable, like literally, you know, and had experience working with high performance athletes and like, he really knew his stuff, but mm. uh, was just super set in his ways and um, probably wasn't super tolerant of a, a recreational runner's mindset, okay. uh, which I completely get, you know, not, mm. not everyone, everyone is, but um, they had a bit of a mutual parting, um, but, Throughout that process, they had very minimal participation numbers um, to the point where, you know, if they got sort of five or six, that was a good night. Um, And they had very, oh, I had a lot of trouble retaining new people. So people would come along for one session and go, no, I don't like this. Um, You know, and they're all good, well-meaning people, but they weren't sort of sure um, how to accommodate new people. So I um, had a bit of a chat to my wife and then early 2017 come on board as a coach with them. And we had it during that time as well. We received some assistance from Athletics Victoria and Tim Crosby mm-hmm. um, just about how I guess we could relaunch the club because, yeah. um, you know, we had, I mean, no one really knew about us and nothing really 
there was nothing about us that would draw anyone to us. Um, we had a, a uniform that was sort of dark blue with a bit, bit of light blue, just one of those tops that I reckon you could pop into Rebel Sport, buy 20 of those. And we um, put a good, like a, a Google Runner logo on there that you know, looked like a bit of a knockoff of the YMCA logo. So we were just, we were just really generic, um, you know, no real exposure in the community, so to speak, except for a fun run that happened in August. Um, and just sort of weren't, you know, park run was there, but weren't really getting out and, you know, getting to know the people there. And there was like 200 people turning up every week who are loving running, but mm. don't know the first thing about it. You know, everyone's going out and smacking themselves up in the first K and, yeah. and racing every week and that. But, you know, you're seeing the community that it builds and there's 80 or 90 people hanging around after afterwards because there's that social aspect of it so um started you, up so were you involved with the Shepparton Park run at that time as well um I was definitely a regular attendee mm. um I had been writing the run report each week mm. for them um because I sort of I enjoy a bit of writing um might hold so, you to that for some uh, yeah <laughs> you might yeah. regret saying um, that but yeah yeah, yeah no that, that's okay <laughs> um but no I, I used to enjoy it because that was sort of like my um a bit of creativity for me um just to do a bit of writing and you know i probably helped out with the photography and um might have done you know race director one week as well pretty poorly probably at that, <laughs> that point but um you know just helping out um because I, I just enjoyed it so yeah and like they the guys at the runners club would see me go along and i'd be doing these intervals and i'm like what are you doing like why aren't, you know why do you slow down and why do you jog bits and run bits mm. fast and you know I, I would just explain what i was doing and now to them it was like this brand brave new world of yeah. um like this great big rainbow had appeared from somewhere. It's like, you know, mm. what do you mean you don't race it all the time? Yeah. And, you know, just trying to explain why I did things the way that I did. And, you know, they, they thought that was great. So um, it sort of just took off from there. And, you know, rather than, um, you know, their sessions typically used to be either really long or really fast. And um, if you weren't sort of at the pace that most of the group was, you'd get left behind. Mm. And they do things like, all right, we're going to do five eight hundreds, and you finished when you've done five. And uh, you know, if there's someone that was really quick, they'd have finished their cool down and be getting mm. the keys to jump back in the car while person someone was struggling out the back, and they'd finish and go, oh, no, oh, everyone's done, and no, oh, yeah. this this is crap. See you not, later. Not so, a great feeling for no. anyone out there. Yeah. Nah, and like, oh no, if I was in that environment, I'd, I'd hate it as well. So. Mm. My big, my big focus, I guess, from an inclusiveness was that any interval session that we did was going to be time-based. Mm-hmm. So we would do, we had a little loop that we made. Uh, it was about 450 metres around. And um, actually, it's funny, when we first started, because we're still very much feeling our way, we made a bit of a circle um, on this little bit of parkland that was probably no more than 200 metres. Yeah. And we had 20 people doing monofartlek around it and we just <laughs> wore a hole in the grass <laughs> on, on our first night. But um, 
yeah, we, we eventually um, stretched that out onto on the path. Um, yeah, nice. That's a bit more room, but yeah, it was just more, you know, we all start together, we all finish together. And our, our one rule was that if when you go past someone, you need to go past and say, you know, something encouraging, mm. whether it was work or, you know, stick at it or, no, I didn't care what it was, just as long as it was encouraging. Yeah. Um, you know, and then when we all come in, it was like, oh, how did that go? And you'd sort of make a point of getting around to everyone and not just the the first couple. And yeah. because it was on a, on a loop and we all started and finished together, no one really knew how far anyone had gone or yeah, exactly, uh, yeah. you know, who was first and who was last. And, mm. you know, we could all, all sort of do it together. And even our warm-ups were, all right, we'll do, you know, pretty basic, but we'd go and do three or four minutes one way and then come back three or four minutes the other way. So yep. you're all finishing the warm-up together. Mm. Uh, and so they're just, just little things like that. Yeah, small innovations within a training group set up that just, yeah, like you said, being inclusive and, and building that culture around a, a group that, that supports each other. Yeah. Oh, and that's, that was it. I mean, um, a lot of the people that started coming along were just people that I would be talking to at Parkrun, like just yeah. afterwards, you know, and go, oh, you know, what's, what's the running group like? Because the biggest stigma that the group had, and I'm sure it's not uncommon to other groups, was that, oh, you've got to be a good runner to be able to go along to a running group. Yeah. Like, nah, like a running group's just where a lot of people that like running go and train together. Mm. Um, so if you yeah. like running or you want to learn about it, that this is actually a really good place to come and do it. Yeah. Um, and like, oh, if I can just get people to come along once and show them that it's not scary. Exactly, um, yeah. I'll, I'll come back. And, mm. uh, yeah, we've just sort of been able to grow through word of mouth. And probably the other thing, which I'm, this probably sounds silly, but um, I'm super proud of this too, and it goes back to our uniform, was that, you know, we didn't stand out. So if we were wearing our tops at Parkrun or whatever it was, you know, it was no different to pretty much what everyone else was wearing. So um, we went through a bit of a redesign and uh, I was pretty passionate about it. So I managed to swindle that job <laughs> once I started with the coaching and um, thought, right, we've got to have something that's eye-catching, but um, it's got to appeal to like both males and females. So we didn't want dark, like blue for boys and pink for girls or um, anything generic or anything that resembled too closely to a local sporting team. Like we really wanted to forge our identity. And it was about that time where Ben Simmons was going through his college year of basketball at LSU. Yeah. And they're predominantly purple and gold. Yeah, yeah they are, yeah. And I just thought, oh, that looks so clean. It <laughs> <laughs> looks so good. Wow. So um, I thought, right, I sort of the other aspect of the purple and gold was that um, our, I guess, our local football and netball league, Golden Valley League, their representative colours were purple and gold as well. Nice. And I thought, oh, maybe we could tie that into the area. So it's not just yeah. a shepherd thing, but it's like a Golden Valley Mm. type area so if they see the colors it's not just shepherd and centric so i thought well that, that that's a handy buy-in if i've got to try and explain it to the committee but yeah. um we went to 2xu and i said look i want something that's a little bit bold but here's the colors you know i want i want it to be predominantly purple and gold and 
um, they came back to us with a few options and I'm not, I'm not sure if you've seen our kit. But, I have, um, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. doesn't stand out. I love it. It's great. Yeah. It's sort of one of those ones where when you see it, you go, yeah, that's Shepparton. And mm. that, that's what we wanted. And the, the best part about that, as our membership base grew, it was from all different ages, abilities and walks of life. And people wanted to be a part of it so you know as a flip side of that they wanted to pull the uniform on yeah and they would get down to park run and they would put that on and people started to say well hang on there's people that do sub 20 minutes that run in those colors and there's people that run around 30 minutes and there's 40 minutes and then there's people that walk at the back well if they can do it geez surely you know and they would just give them the confidence to come and have a conversation and say hey um tell me about this running group i see see jules over there she's um she's running 40 minutes for 5k and she's coming along and she says it's great you know tell me more yeah so um you know do it park run's been great for us in terms of that exposure but we've been very lucky that the membership base that we've attracted um, i guess we we spoke about it before just that running community but um you know all really you know friendly people and they're happy to have a chat to people and you know that's the word of mouth that sort of helped us grow from you know those i guess those dark days where it was three four five don't know what we're gonna do tonight Mm. (laughs) to you know now you know i guess it's not quite what you know COVID-19 <laughs> put a bit of a chatter in the works but you know to get it to a point where we can have 50 or 60 and or split it up into three groups and I can have other people that I trust to look after groups and run a session that I organize and you know still have that inclusive nature and have people want to come along I mean even just in the last week we've had um, one person who's just moved to town and another high school age girl who you know one of her friends is a member and just wants to give it a try. So um, yeah, it's still pretty cool. Even in these times we can still get people to that want to come along and, and enjoy running a bit more. Definitely. I mean, it's a great story about that turnaround and, and, and hats off to, to the whole, the, the Shepherd and Runners, Runners Club and, you know, the whole committee and, and everyone involved to be able to just make those changes and look at, I think the way you approach even the signlets and creating that identity and yeah, I think it's, um, yeah, it's great. I, I'm, I'm seeing more rec- recreation runners running clubs do this and trying to entice runners through these different avenues. And I think, um, yeah, more of it. And gee, I, I didn't know that story about the, the singlet. I think maybe you need to send Ben Simmons a, a singlet and see if he can, uh, yeah, <laughs> see if we get him that. over for a session or something, you know? Yeah, see, we've we've actually got a um, a few four XLs that uh, <laughs> have been claimed. It's probably about the only size that would yeah. that would get around here. So um, yeah, don't know, how, no, yeah. don't know how you go over a monofartlek, but um, yeah, <laughs> we might yeah. be able to get a couple of four hundreds out of him. We'll give him a minute <laughs> recovery. That's it. Well, well, I'm your coaching actually. So you, you're you're you've got a weekly session that you do. And also, and, and back on that, and there's one point I missed about the club setup. You've got a family membership, is that right? Yeah, so, that's right. Yeah, I think that's a great idea because obviously, you know, people with kids want to sort of combine the two together and you have junior and senior events as well. Yeah, absolutely. So 
I guess the um, you know, there's a single membership, and then with the family one, um, you can. It's actually unlimited to how many family members you can have on it. Yeah. Um, which you know that probably does us out of a fair bit of money, but in the scheme mm. of things, we actually want your whole family to be involved. Yeah. Uh, because we, as I said, it's all about inclusiveness, and we don't really want finances to be a barrier to that because ultimately uh, we just want if you like running we want you to be able to come along and do it with us so um you know we when you know pre-covid 19 we would have a monthly handicap january through november Mm -hmm. uh, a running festival in august which um we help organize you know we do get some outside assistance for that because it's probably a bit big for a volunteer committee now for us to really pull off um, but then in december we have um right because we do our um presentations in november it leaves december open to have a bit of fun um so we've had a um a couple of years where we've done um the michigan which is a, a oh, yeah. bit of a um i'm not you know i'm not sure if all the listeners will be familiar with the michigan but it's sort of a pretty grueling um 10k cross-country type simulation where um, you do 1600 meters at sort of 10k pace and then you go and float 2k and then um, you know I think 1200 at um, 5k pace float 2k 800 at 3k pace float 2k and then come out and just finish with an all-out 400 and yeah uh, you know, just, you know, you leave a bit of carnage on the ground afterwards and, <laughs> yeah. and have a bit of a laugh. But, um, yeah. you know, we've done a couple of iterations of that and we had a go um, at a bit of like a, um, oh, I can't even remember the name of it now, but it was, we had that, it was that like sort of athletic style carnival that um, we like used to Like a nitro style? Yeah, 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 yeah. We gave that a bit of a crack. That was a bit of, oh, it didn't quite turn out how I envisaged, but we, yeah. we gave that a crack on the track and, and had some fun. But, you know, just to try and create new experiences yeah. for people. So, you know, we've broken up our seasons now into, you know, we have track in the warmer months and we do a bit of cross country in the winter. And then prior to the running festival, we try and have um, a couple of hit outs on the park run course. So that's like our, our road racing season. And then, yeah. Um, yeah, mix things up again towards the end of the year but yeah just to try and give people experiences who you know maybe they're not um, able to travel to a race you know well, we want to try and give them that full race experience and they can do it from the you know five minutes from their house um, so yeah we try and you know we get the results up there we live stream it um, on Facebook and we take photos and have presentations and you know, just try and make a, a bit of a fuss out of them because, you know, we're, without our members, we'd be nothing. I mean, it doesn't matter how inclusive you want to be. If no one turns up, then you don't have a club. So yeah, it's not good to um, try and spoil them a little bit and bring that um, event atmosphere to a, a group of sort of, you know, 40, 50, 60 people. So yeah, it's it's fun. It's fun, and you know you love seeing smiles on people's faces as well. And absolutely, yeah, spot on. And you've seen that across the journey as a as a runner being in the trenches out there, but also then coaching. You've you've had eight plus years of experience, and I, got, yeah. I want to just touch on those philosophies because we we touch base. I know Brady um, you know, brought your name to our attention a little while ago, and we had open conversations about bringing you in. It's um, and obviously 
with what you've got going on with the, the Shepherd uh, Running Club, the Runners Club, you've kind of been able to, um, yeah, there's an opportunity came on with us to at least help with an online component via Run to VB. But I guess I wanted to sort of touch on your coaching experience with recreational runners, which you work with a lot, and maybe some of the <laughs> recurring themes that you've seen across the journey, um, some aspects that maybe come up a lot, whether it's, you know, slowing people down on runs or training <laughs> yeah. specificity. Is there, is there a recurring theme that you come across? Yeah. Um, oh, I've learned so much, probably more so probably over the last three or four years. Um, you know, early days when I first, I guess, started trying to learn, um, you know, I, I guess I didn't, I was learning through my own experience, um, through what worked and what didn't. But having exposure to more people now, I've really learned there's no one size fits all approach. Yeah. Um, you know, you can, you could write the most amazing whiz bang program and look at it and think, Oh, this is going to be fantastic. But ultimately it doesn't, doesn't fit everyone. And you need to be, um, you know, really flexible in what's going to help people. I think um, some of my biggest takeaways, even just over the last 12 to 18 months is that the, the better you get to know someone, you know, especially when you're doing one-to-one coaching, the better you get to know someone and what makes them tick and their history, the better you can cater something towards them and the better that the results you'll get. Um, is one of the, where I've seen my biggest improvements in the athletes I help is just through consistency. Um, the sessions aren't super sexy. There's no silver bullet session. There's no fantastic long run session that we do to get people super fit it's just being able to train week on week month on month putting it together gradual progressions you know there's some up weeks and there's some down weeks there's recovery weeks um and there's just trying to be able to work around people's lifestyle but um i've just found if you can work with someone as you know closely without you know, still maintaining that um, coach-runner relationship. But, um, you know, I suppose I can give you an example from recently. Uh, you know, typically, you know, our, sun, our Sunday long run is just that. It's a Sunday long run. Mm. You, you go and run. Um, and I've got a lady who, um, you know, is a you know, fairly extensive netball history, done lots of great things with netball, um, but he's moving more into a running focus now and um, she's got those netball skills. She's got that, power, you know, lots of agility and great power in her legs, but a long run would just destroy her and by the end of it, she hated it. She's like, no, I can't do this. You know, her legs would be aching and it's just not awful. So we switched it up and went to a run walk um, for long runs and it's like, oh, you know, I feel like I'm in the, the kiddies pool. I'm like, no, no, let's just see how it goes. Mm. And just, you know, over time, you know, it's like, oh, I feel so good at the end of my long run because I get a bit of a break during it and mentally it really helps. And, mm. you know, she's just come on in leaps and bounds. And, you know, I was just sort of trying a few different things that, hey, you know, we've stumbled upon something that, that works super well. And, you know, is that for everyone? No. <laughs> absolutely not but um you know it's just you know there's so many things that we can try um 
you know, there's some some people have some pretty out there theories, um, which I don't necessarily agree with. But you know, for some people, they work really well. So just having that open mind, I think, is really good. But you know, some of the the reoccurring things that I've found, especially with rec runners. Um, slow runs way too quick we've got to pull them back um, and it, it, a lot of that just comes through um, hey I'm super highly motivated yeah. and I want to see Im- improvement and the easiest way for me to do that is to run further mm. or run faster um, and I get that I totally get it yeah, yeah. Um, I mean it, in theory you, you would think that that's how it works you know oh <laughs> like, uh, absolutely yeah. it makes it makes perfect sense it doesn't work but it makes, yeah, yeah. It makes yeah. sense and I, I get why people do it um and you know all you can i guess try with those people is just try and reason with them and say look i know footy netball you know it's very much train as you play mm. but because we race at such a high intensity if you do that all the time injuries come along and when you get injured you can't run and if you can't run you can't improve so and i always say i'll tell you what if my way doesn't work i'll let you do it your way <laughs> and um go all right come on just let let me go for a month and mm. you know this sounds a bit silly as well but you know with with rec runners because most of them are fairly new to the sport mm. you in, in theory you could nearly give them anything and see some sort of improvement. Obviously, you know, you don't do that. You've got to, yeah. you've got to delve in and, and look after them. But um, just getting that buy-in and that trust for them. And I think when they can see that not everyone, every run needs to be sixth gear or absolutely, you know, blowing a fuse every time you do a session, um, they really look forward to their sessions because that's their chance to run hard. Yeah. And then because they're pretty solid, they look forward to their easy runs because like, Oh, I don't have, like I can, <laughs> this is a social chat. I get to hang out with my mate for 40 yeah. minutes and we're going for a run. Like if you did that at footy, you'd get yelled at and told, <laughs> you know, either train yeah. properly or go home. So it takes um, a while to get, it, it takes sometimes it's trial and error to get to that point. Sometimes it's just time We you know, and yeah, I, I've, I've got athletes and, my own that I've coached along the way they're exactly the same boat you know and it's taken a while to adjust those and learn that yeah okay this is the day to to have a crack and this is the day just to be social and enjoy it and get that balance right and it's actually a lot more enjoyable when you don't have to pump yourself out up every day to try and get out the door because you know you're going to try oh, and hurt yourself like yeah that's um, it you're not there trying to have three coffees and trying yeah. to you know, pipe yourself up watching yeah. a bit of rocky just to get the shoes on to, uh, to get out there and knock out you know a couple of k reps so um yeah but you know just with that and just communication is is the thing um mm. without that comfort level in the communication between runner and coach um, people are like, oh, I'll just run through this injury or mm. I'm not going to tell you I struggled today or I'm not going to, I don't want to trouble you and let you know that I've got to work late this week. Like I'll still force myself out there and on little sleep, I'll still go out and do my sessions. But if you can build that connection with your runner and they f- do feel comfortable, you can help them so much more mm. in just trying to navigate running with their lifestyle mm. um, you know, I 
take just as much pride in how many weeks my runners can put together as their actual PBs because, you know, if they're paying me to help them, I don't want them paying anything extra in terms of, you know, a monthly physio bill or, Mm. you know, downtime or, you know, because I know how much running helps my mental health. And if I take that outlet away from them because I've, work them too hard then you know I, I need to take responsibility from that so i'm probably a bit conservative by nature but yeah i really do try and invest the time to um, get to know people and develop that rapport where they feel comfortable with me that you know if we need to change something it's absolutely no stress at all no i mean that and i know personally even just i have a little mile, a milestone sometimes for me is that an athlete is comfortable enough to say, hey, I actually feel a bit sore today. Let's, can I take a rest day? Oh, that's great. I'm glad you're telling me that than not hiding it and going on and then we have an injury that you're out for four weeks. Oh, so those are absolutely. things that from a coach's point of view, I feel like you're at a level where they're comfortable on it and it's actually a good thing that you're taking a rest day. I'd much rather have athletes take rest days than be out for multiple days because they've oh, pushed the boat out. 100%. And even, even the, um, the other, it's almost in the opposite direction where you get a super motivated person. They really want to impress the coach. So you give them a session and rather than 5K effort or 10K effort, they just go and blow the doors off and go, yeah, look how fast I went. I'm like, oh, and you're trying to um, get through. I'm like, no, like you've actually done that way too hard. Mm. You know, I want you to be able to back up again in three days' time on the weekend yeah. and do another session. And, you know, you're probably going to struggle to do that now. Cause, you know, yeah. Um, yeah. But, yeah, it back to that patience game, isn't it? And that, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's about it's about the journey. Um, you know, not that sort of destination to. You know, we we don't want to run. We're not sort of super excited about running a PB for Montefartlek. We mm. want to want to hit that ten k in about six weeks time and mm. and put that race result that in. So, you know, those those milestones are really good and you know good for some positive reinforcement. But um, you know, just being wary that. Um, when it comes to those recoveries in the in the interval <laughs> session, we want you to do them as recoveries and not <laughs> not just keep pushing through and doing a time trial. So, oh, no, I mean there's some, some great learnings, and as we all, as coaches and runners, we're all learning as as we go off each other and other athletes and, and along the way. But I, I just want to take it um, maybe into a more broader area about the sport because I know you yeah. have this passion about. Yeah, you know, transcends across all your your different levels of involvement. You know, whether it's the Shepton uh, Runners Club, park run involvement, your own training, racing events, coaching. So you're heavily, and then and then listening to, I know you're you you great mate Brady on um, on his various or his podcasts and he's <laughs> on following yeah. the, the world local sound. Your Twitter account, you know, you're tweeting always tweeting um some of the great Aussie running news or world running news, really, but. Just, just one question around it. How do you think we're tracking as a sport in Australia? Yeah, you know, just as a, oh. and I think we, and and not to, and this is a real positive thing. I just want to, I just want yeah, people yeah. to think, as a, as a sport or as a, let's call it a brand, distance running more, more specific, specifically. How do you reckon yep. we're going in Australia? Um, it's a great question. I'll um I'll try and answer this without rambling because 
I can go down a few rabbit holes here. I'll split it up. I think from a rec running perspective, I reckon we're in an all right spot if we're looking at purely recreational running. Um, you know, you'd see the explosion that Parkrun has made over the last few years and participation numbers have grown really well. It's really accessible, it's free, and you know, there's little events popping up here, there, and everywhere, which I think is great. So, you know, from a recreational running point um, in terms of, you know, numbers and people doing it, awesome. But I reckon it hits a bit of a glass ceiling mm. and a lot of people see, you know, park runs all they know. Um, they have just discovered this sport, but in terms of distance running and all the other things about it, there's very little knowledge or know-how or celebration of um you know the people i guess who would be able to you know i guess influence even further participation so i look at it um you know, going to be straight down the line rec running big tick great i think it's going really well um happy with how that's tracking but i think there's a massive massive opportunity for that jump from recreational runner or park runner to running club or athletics club. Um, there seems to be, and this is just perception. Um, perception's not always right, but it is reality. Yeah. And there doesn't seem to be the same leveling of engagement from state bodies to try and attract new numbers into athletics clubs as to what there is, the energy that Parkrun has. Now, Parkrun's a largely free enterprise. They do have some sponsors. Yeah. And I completely understand that, um, you know, let's say Ath Ath Athletics Australia or Aths Victoria, they run on the smell of an oily rag because yeah. they, don't, they don't get much funding. So I get that it's hard. Mm. But there's so many avenues that you can use for marketing that are free. Yeah. Um, you know, now whether that's social media, um, you know, YouTube, you know, Twitter, Facebook, um, you know, I think there's enough connections in running that there's someone that knows someone that knows someone that, um, you know, there, there could be higher profile for people. Um, you know, and this is where I absolutely admire Brady and, I, he he saw a huge gap and like, hang on, no one's talking about the sport that I love. I want to talk about it. So he went and found people that wanted to talk about it with him and all of a sudden, you know, there's this great big following for inside running and I mean, we, we don't necessarily need to go into how that's grown and developed, but, you know, the, they reach people all over the world, you know. So there's people that rely on some bloke from Moama and another one in Ballarat and another one in Canberra to tell them what's going on in the world. Mm. And I, mean, I think it's great. I love the content that they put together, but why aren't we hearing stuff from our governing bodies as well to really promote the people? Um, you know, we've got some incredible athletes. Um, you know, if you, if you look at examples, I mean, look, let's look at people like Jessica Hull or Stuart McSwain. Unless you you know, really heavily into athletics. There's, I reckon I could walk down to my local running group now 
and say, oh, tell me about Jessica Hull. And probably the only person who whose eyes would light up would be my wife because we mm. she absolutely loves it a bit. But yeah. um, other than that, I'll just get a blank look like, oh, who's Jessica Hull? Mm. Like, oh, guys, do yourselves a favour. Yeah. Uh, you know, I was Stuart McSween and probably the, he'd get a little bit more exposure because the people that I run with on a long run, you know, because I just bang on about that sort of <laughs> stuff all the time. But, yeah. you know, there's... You know, Jen Lacars is someone who has a, an enormous online profile, but that's what she's developed. That hasn't really come from, you know, additional exposure that she's got through Athletics Australia or yeah, AS Australia or state governing bodies. So I just think there's this tremendous opportunity that, um, you know, look at what Steigen's doing. Mm. You know, where you know they're they're investing their own money. Um, you know, Steigen the the hashtag one event last year. I love that. You know, something new, something bold, um, got the buy-in from some really good athletes. But sadly, it clashed with um, the um, Australian 1500 metres or the mile championships, yeah. which were in Sydney at the same time. Like, ah, uh, you know? yeah. yeah, look, uh, and I, I sense some level of frustration out there because, you know, there's passionate people that want the sport to be taken up, seen, um, you know, in more involvement at, at, at all levels. And I think it, it's, it's a proven product. The product is there. It's, you, you can see it from the uptake in a park run. So it's, it is, oh. there is a disconnect. There's a, there needs to be a, um, I guess let's call it a rebranding of the way it's set up now in terms of the perception out there for club. Yeah. Club like recre- a- even recreation running, you guys are doing a great job, but that's not, not always, not across the board. Um, there's still yeah, that kind of like it is a it's challenge. For, yeah, it's kind of like oh, it's for nerds. Like, no, this yeah. is cool. Mm. Like, you come along and give it a try and see the people that are doing it, and you're going to be having a great time. Like, this is really good stuff. Now, yeah, and this is where marketing is important. We mate, we used to live in a world where people thought smoking was cool and it was good for us. Yeah, <laughs> and like seriously. We, there was a period in time where that happened. And, sure. you know, thank God we've all wisened up a little bit. But, mm. and look, I know there's a bit more money involved in, in what made that happen. But mm. if that can happen, why the hell can't we have something like we've got a great product. People actually benefit from it yeah. in terms of physical and mental health. Mm. Why can't we leverage that into something that just absolutely helps the sport grow. I mean, it, I don't know. It, it staggers me a little bit. It, yeah. And it, yeah. I mean, I have these and, and this is, we've probably delved into the area that, that Brady and I spoke about recently, but it's, it's the same. And I ask this because I know that you're on this, you have the same level of passion and you're involved across so many different areas that, yeah, that you, you can see it firsthand. And yeah, yeah I think, and, and probably going further, I mean, you're a sports fan across, you know, cricket, and AFL and all the rest. And, and I know we don't want to compare that, but there's just some things that we've got to take away from those team sports, the way they package things that we just need to update and adapt. Yeah. I don't know, you know if there's specific things, but we need to just, it just feels like we're in a little bit of a losing battle sometimes in a club or a rec running space. Yeah, I think, yeah, you're right. I mean, I, I certainly can't sit here and put my hand up and say, hey, I've got all the answers and I'm going to fix this and running's going to be amazing. But by the same token, um, and this is something I've really 
adopted from Brady is that you know you can still be the change that you want to see mm. and whilst you might not necessarily um you know reinvent the wheel you can ha you can have an impact in your own area um you know and that's what i've really just tried to do in our community and i'm really grateful for run to pb because you know you guys are going to i guess help give me a little bit more of a platform where i can assist some people from different parts of the country being online which I'm really excited about. But, you know, and that, that's, I guess, for me, that feels like I'm doing my best to try and make a difference. And, you know, that's, when I look that's, at Brady, that's, that's what he's doing as well. And, you know, through his podcasting and, you know, run to PB and just, you know, getting out there and trying to help people at Parkrun and with pacing and, and all that kind of stuff, he, he's having an impact and that's on a, a bit bigger scale. But in some way, shape or form, I think if our hearts are in the right place, and we really want to do things for the right reasons, we can have an impact. Yeah, I think that's where the synergy with, with yourself coming on. We, we, need, we need more people that can spread this, this sport of running out there. And, and that's what we're trying to do with Run to BB. That's what we're trying to do with podcasts it's, and what you're doing over with the Shep guys. Like it's just, but you know, it's, it's, it's just ongoing and we just keep trying to be positive and doing what we can and, and focusing on the things that, we can change and if we can change them ourselves we will and that'll yeah. you know that's what we can kind of control at the moment but yeah i, I don't want to harp on too much because we could probably go on for hours about things that oh yeah we could Mate, that's, a, that's a weekend away and just yeah. a constant um yeah. you know brainstorming session that one but yeah yeah i mean i guess when you love something you just want to see it do well exactly and, yeah no that, the potential's just there for sure. I, I, I'm, I'm mindful of time, but I just, just before we, we, um, we finish up, I thought it'd be a good time because you've had a, a great running journey and still continuing with your coaching and your own running. Is there some people out there you want to just maybe give a shout out to? I, I know you're probably going to cop it on a run if you don't mention <laughs> everyone. So maybe just a couple that you want to share or that come to mind. Uh, <laughs> um, maybe not. <laughs> uh, uh, you know, I suppose your partner, maybe. <laughs> yeah. No, look, Nora's been fantastic. She she puts up with so much. Um, you know, we've been together since high school, and she didn't play any sport at high school, and she's not. She, you know, self admits she's not blessed with athletic talent, but um, you know, she's learnt to love running and more probably the social aspect of it. But um, you know, in terms of the runners' club she's her assistance has been magical because she's that happy smiling social face that greets everyone and introduces her or introduces people to other people and mm. and it's like the you know the, the welcome um so she's she's been terrific but i suppose from a, the shepherdon community like everyone that's been involved with the the committee over the last few years that have invested a lot of time um you know I'm really thankful to them because without their, their assistance, I couldn't possibly do all the stuff myself. I just would have mm. flopped. So, yeah. you know, really grateful for that. Um, you know, it probably sounds like a bit of a love fest every time I mention Brady's name, but, um, you know. <laughs> I'll I, cut all the things out about Brady anyway. Yeah, you can just, just edit that out. We'll just yeah. pretend that never happened. But, you know, I, for, I had some experiences with online coaches um before Brady 
where I learned a lot of positive and a lot of negative. And the, probably the things Brady really, Brady really taught me about the why. Mm. So it wasn't just go do this session. He taught me about why. And um, he taught me that, you know, when you get parameters for a run, stick to the parameters. Um, don't, you know, you don't impress anyone by how fast you do your slow runs. And you're not really ticking the box if you're actually spending too much energy. So, um, you know, he's always, I love his honesty that, you know, he's the, there was one time where I, I really did something stupid and, you know, I, it was meant to be an easy run. It was my local fun run. I was just coming back from injury and it was about 30 degrees and I just went and cooked myself. Yeah. And I'll never forget. He sent me a text message and um, I knew full well that he would have seen what I'd done. Yeah. And rather than ignore me or get into me, just very simply just said, tell me about what happened today. <laughs> and I knew exactly what, yeah. you know. And got I the teacher's can't. voice going, I think. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I got, I'm sure he's probably said that to many kids over the years. And <laughs> any time I've had an athlete do something a bit silly, I've used those exact words. Mm. Uh, it was just, no, you just explain to me what was happening and it gives you the chance to have a conversation about it that's really respectful. Um, but, yeah, I mean, he, he's taught me a lot about, you know, how to communicate with people, not just um, face-to-face but online, mm. uh, you know, how to, be, how to be respectful but firm as well. Um, I've really appreciated but um, I've really admired the way he has gone about trying to make a change for other people or, you know, celebrate the sport that we love. Um, so I was from it from that aspect, you know, it's a bit weird cause you know, we're just mates, but um, I'm really grateful for the time that, that he's invested in me. And I guess it's sort of coming full circle now where I'm in a position to try and pass on those same learnings to other people. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, really thankful too i I just want to give a quick shout out to the people who i've coached over the last few years because without their support um you know they've really given me the opportunity to get better as Mm. a coach um you know there's um it's interesting you go on journeys with some people and um you know some races mightn't go to plan and you go you know you can sit down and come out of you know a better coach and a better athlete the other side of it but also just being able to celebrate the the good times as well you know i've got two ladies that i coach and i run with one on a thursday morning and we just have a chat about life and then uh, you know thursday afternoon it's the same thing with with another lady and you know, you just some of the, the highlights of the week are just the absolute banter that you, you yeah. have with, with them, and you know, yeah. it's some of the most random stuff. But <laughs> uh, just you know, being able to have that fun um, with other people, it's you know, without running, I'd come home from work and probably have a bit of a grizzled ignore about you know, if something's gone wrong and just mm. slump into the chair. But you know, running, it's sort of it's you get home and you have you know, you're buzzing, you're out of your skin, and you know, you're upbeat and I think it's, you know, those endorphins are, are priceless. For sure, yeah. I mean, it just, yeah, just the, the opportunity to get out, meet people and that escapism as well. And I think, um, yeah, and being able to, like you're doing, doing is exposing more people to running. And I think, um, yeah, that it's not, 
a yeah well, let's just not keep it for ourselves because it's 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 almost a secret out there that you know and we want well, more people it to does, join it, it feels like it you yeah. just, and you feel like oh i've got this is awesome i just want to come and tell you about it and i know that probably sounds a bit like well you know that's the same thing when the jehovah's witnesses come yeah. and knock on the door <laughs> they hand you a pamphlet no no yeah. no this is different this is different but and oh, a garment and a Strava account. <laughs> yeah, that, mate, sign up to Strava and you hook. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, you've already got one foot into the cult, then. So. But, yeah, no. You know, it's just seeing people at park run, and you know, um, you see them plug away for a few weeks, and you might be able to go, oh, "Hey, I know you don't know me too well, but I've seen you running, and would you mind if I paced you today? Because mm. I see you go out really hard. I'd like to try and teach you something." And, you know, I mean, you still hope that you don't get it wrong, but you know, you're able to pace them and they actually enjoy the run. Like, oh, an even pace run. Wow. Yeah. This is awesome. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah. You know, and, or, you know, you introduce people to new sessions at, at Runners Club or, you know, there's just so many different experiences that I reckon we can share with people that are really positive and, um, you know, it's a shame to not be able to, you know, I guess, expose people to that sort of stuff sure mate and um yeah it's been a pleasure we'll wind it up there because it's um it's just been great chatting to you mate it's um the afternoon's gone really quick and we've hopefully right. the, the listeners will get a lot out of that and a lot a lot of learnings in there from from your journeys with with your rec runners and and just the way you've gone about your own running as well so um i want to thank you for your time mate and and quickly how um how can people following your journey i know you're not a huge guy on socials but i yeah. think uh Obviously, a Twitter account, you can search for you on there. Um, have you got an Instagram account now as well? Yeah, I, I've, um, <laughs> I, I should clarify all this stuff because if I tell people that, look, I'm really not big on social media, but then I've, I've recently got Facebook, Twitter and Instagram <laughs> okay. like, and Strava, people are like, oh, hang on, this is a bit, this is a bit hollow and fake. But, um, oh mate yeah i'll be putting some i've got to learn some dance moves i've got a friend that does tiktok and yeah i'm like oh no mate i, I don't know anything about it <laughs> um, no I've, I've had twitter and i've had that for years because it's sort of i like twitter because it's a platform um where i can just follow the stuff that i'm interested in yeah. and there's um <laughs> because the characters are capped people can't go on big rants or I don't get access to them because you know, there's only so much space. Yeah. Um, so I've had a Twitter account for years. I think um, without looking it up, I'm pretty sure it's like at CJ Armstrong 15 or something. If, if people want to follow me on there we'll and I'll be honest, but I, I don't post much. It's pretty rare that I, I put stuff. I generally retweet stuff um, yeah. and it's largely running, running based <laughs> or there's the odd cat video. Um, <laughs> It'll find its way on there. Um, I'm on Facebook, but that's I'm on Facebook more so that I can communicate with my runners. Yeah. Um, so if you're probably wanting to follow me for the, um, great stories, um, you're wasting your time on Facebook. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, if you want if you want to have a chat about running, you're more than welcome to. You can hit me up there. Um, Instagram, I've just started. Uh, again, that's probably more so just to. Um, assist in providing a bit more exposure for the running stuff that yeah. i'm doing and probably um i'll sort of look at it as well as like maybe it's another avenue that i could use better to provide more exposure for the people i work with and celebrate what they're doing with their running um i, I get a lot of enjoyment 
sort of being able to shed a bit of a light on them and celebrate their successes. So, yeah, like I think oh, I made my, I should know this, I made my Instagram thing about a week ago. It's like, um, oh. Yeah, I've got it. I'll, what I'll do is I'll put them all in the notes. Yeah, link them in the notes. Because <laughs> I'll, and it's on the I'll, I'll get it wrong. Yeah, that's all right. People will find you, I'm sure. And um, yeah, we're always um, we're tagging you in a few things on the Runs BB account. So, I think, yeah. Um, yeah, people will follow along the journey. So, yeah, thanks a lot for that, Chris. No, look, been thanks good chatting, for the mate. opportunity to have a chat. Um, it's just been good to have a chat about running. Um, you know, usually most of my run chats are capped at 30 or 40 minutes because that's all that I run with most people for. So, yeah, it's <laughs> been good sort of ex- expanding out a bit. Nice one. All right, well, you take care, mate, up there, and um, we'll, we'll speak soon. Yeah, you too. Stay safe. All right, cheers. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Better With Running podcast. As always, you can stay tuned to the Run to PB socials to bring you up to speed with our any any more episodes coming through, the next interviews, and also, uh, yeah, listen to questions. We'll have Sammy the Shoe Dog coming back on for some more chat in the, in the coming episode. So, yeah, definitely send through those questions. And for those uh, waiting for their merchandise, we've had Brady uh, out in the in the warehouse at Run to PB HQ. He's been shipping them out they're with aussie post so just given the the times we're facing at the moment a little bit slower to get out to you guys but um definitely keep an eye out and 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 hit us up if you haven't received it in the next week or so we are going to have some extras there's going to be some uh some limited stock available on the store we'll keep you posted when that's available and uh yeah also we've got a live event this week with with brad beer the uh, physiotherapist based up on the Gold Coast, he's going to be coming online on Thursday and chatting all things bone stress and injury prevention for runners of all abilities. So I'm really looking forward to jumping on with Brad and, uh, and having a chat. But for now, I'll let you get back to finishing that run. And thanks again for listening to the Better With Running podcast.